a little challenge for you, Zark. A new recruit. They're a tough case, but I want them treated in the usual manner. Train them for the games, let them hope for a while, and blow them away. You got it. I've been hoping you'd send me somebody with a little bit of guts. What kind of program are they? They're not any kind of program, Zark. The podcasters. Podcasters? That's right. They pushed me in the real world. They reviewed the classic sci-fi movie Tron despite my warnings. Somebody pushes me, I push back. So I brought them down here. What's the matter, Sark? You look nervous. Well, I... It's just... I, I don't know, podcasters. I mean... They're worse than bloggers or YouTubers. It's worse than you know. They're movie review podcasters. What if I can't... You'd rather take your chances with me? Want me to slow down your power cycles for you? Wait! I need that! Then pull yourself together. Get these clowns trained. I want them in the games until they die playing or we're totally fucked. Acknowledge. Acknowledged, Master Control. End of line. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, this movie's reputation is... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of... Uh, yeah. it's, it's kind of gone back and forth over the years. You know? Oh, yeah, it has. Hey, Steve, what movie are we going to review? Oh, boy, oh, boy. We are going to review that uh, classic. <laughs> it's a classic. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's made jokes about it. Some that, people really uh, well, love it. Some people think it's good. Well, it's, when you put it that way, that classic mm-hmm. science fiction, uh, computer, video game, fantasy, action, adventure... CGI. CGI special effects spectacular Disney movie also by the way Tron technically not a Disney movie it says Disney on it yeah but I have a little information about that it's later. on it's on Disney plus that's where I watched it no well, that's because Disney owns it oh. and while they did want to help produce the movie they weren't willing to help the people making it I'll get into that later Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just I, I don't I don't know if I'm ready to believe that Disney would involve itself in something unscrupulous like that. I know, I know, it's hard to believe. They're known for being absolutely forthright with all of their business dealings. <laughs> Completely. They're the most trustworthy company in the world and they never do anything untowards to anyone or anybody. No, especially not very recently. They don't even like making money. It embarrasses them. They just, they give it away. Yeah, they give it away to people. That's right. They give it away to everybody. Kids on the street. The yep. executives, are, they can't work there unless they're throwing money out of their freaking limousines Absolutely. when they're going and, to and from work. And they're especially known for their generous and completely ethical agreements to pay their actors. That's right. Even if said actors are already multimillionaires. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Steve. Yes, yes, yes. Do you have any trivia for this 
movie? <laughs> I do. I do have some trivia for this movie. Did you? Okay. Did you know that uh, Tron inspired an arcade video game that was more popular I and did. profitable than the movie? I did know that because I played it like fucking crazy. I would after. Okay, here we go. More backstory on oh. Jason. Oh, so after Tron came out, um, I had I I was a paper boy and I would make money and so I had money and after school. Yeah, this goes all the way up through mainly high school freshman year. Um, the Smorgabobs, which is a smorgasbord place, um, decided to take one of its rooms, which I think it used to be its bar, and turn it into an arcade because that was super popular. So I would stop at that place after go- after getting off school, walk in, and play Tron forever. Wow. <laughs> it was like for at least an hour and a half every day after school I would go in and at least play Tron. So yes, I know. Did you know. did you think that it was I gonna lived it. Did, did you think it was gonna turn into like a last Starfighter type of deal where if you did really well at the game you would get recruited and you'd get to actually go inside and you know No, I only really thought that about Pac Man. Become a program oh okay. Okay. Running endlessly, constantly eating, being chased by dead things. Oh. Yeah. That was that's, that's the life. The life. Of me. That's that's the fantasy everybody had. Um, and then briefly, I thought that about Dig Dug, you know, constantly sure. tunneling through the ground, pursued by monsters, and exploding them with a tire pump. What what about what about Pitfall? Did that life have any attraction for you? Not really. Not really. No, no, you don't, not really. You didn't you didn't like swinging over things? <laughs> no, I didn't like swinging, swinging over, over holes, occasionally falling into them. You didn't like that. There was like there was like an Olympics game that I can't remember the name of. That I played that one a lot. Mm-hmm. I never played Sinistar because it scared the shit out of me. Really? Sinistar had the giant head that would scream and roar at you when it came down. I hated that. Well, you don't remember? You no, I don't. What, it, was, I, what was the uh, the animated one that Don Bluth did? What dra- was it? Dragon Quest? Oh, well, that's Dragon Slayer. I have, I was actually a Dragon Slayer master. Really? Kids would watch me play Dragon Slayer because I could play it to the very end. Wow! You just have to memorize the movement. <laughs> That's what it's I. That's not, what I've. Heard. I've never actually played it. Well, I think I. I played like a ported version of it on my computer once, but I've never actually played it like in an arcade console, like it was meant to be. You know. No, um, I played it so, in an arcade. Yeah. So I. But I, that's no. what I've heard that if you just played it enough and you memorized, you know, you know, because it's all. It's basically just like you know an A or B type of you know you you, you move this. Yeah. Because it's all like animated. And move it at an, the right it's all time. animated scenes. Yeah. So you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was an awesome game. I loved it. It's, uh, it had a girl with tits. You could see her nipples. Oh, sweet. Or at least you could pretend to see the nipple. I mean, she had erect nipples in the game, because Don Bluth is, is a pervert. He's a big pervert, but, yeah. Yeah, and she had huge tits, so of course I played to the end, because that's when you got to see the huge tits. So anyway, Things, things were better in the 80s. <laughs> so Tron... Go to Chuck E. Cheese and say, hey kids, you want to see huge tits? Watch me play to the end of this game. <laughs> Line up and watch me play this game. <laughs> I'll show you some tits. Anyway, do you have what was your point about uh, that? Just, just that that game was really popular. That's all. Oh, um, but we're talking about the movie. Yeah, the movie. Um, so uh, a friend of mine was really good at Discs of Tron. Yeah, you know, I've never. I, apparently, that one was not quite as popular as the original. No, 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 no. That's why we hated him because <laughs> he was good at the less popular game. Yeah, what, a, he was, what an he asshole! He wasn't good. He just liked it. He wasn't good at it. Oh, he just preferred he just it. Dis- he just liked it. Yeah, he preferred this. What a loser! Yeah. I know. God, it's like being a huge fan of Battlezone. Oh, goody! I could drive a tank around. <laughs> <laughs> I love how tribal your your like video game playing youth was. <laughs> 
whatever, dude. Don't judge me. I was I was a teenager. And it was the only way that I could. Well, okay. So I had a couple of things on my friends. I had a girlfriend. That was one thing. That was like topping. That was like there. And I was really good at Dragon Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, more trivia. Yeah, more trivia. More so, trivia? so okay. this movie, um, as we're about to discuss, it it does have a certain amount of visual effects. No, I know it's most people don't know that, but this movie actually is is rather heavy with the visual effects, and because of the uh, because of how complex the effect shots were, and the, yeah. the you know what I guess at, nowadays what we would consider the the more primitive techniques that they had available to accomplish those shots sure. um they if you notice in the uh, in the the scenes where they're inside the computer the camera doesn't really move all that much the, no the, they've locked the camera down the, pretty the hard. camera's usually locked down and in in fact um for most of the shots in in the computer world the camera is mounted on a tripod and the tripod is literally nailed to the floor so that yeah. it cannot move um, and that no. was to make it easier to do all of the compositing and, and the layering and stuff that they had to do to, uh, you know, to make it look the way it looks. Um, mm-hmm. Also, so, one last little fun fact. This is neat. This is something for the kids. Um, I hope so. The, the Jeff Bridges' costume for his scenes inside the computer had to be modified to hide the bulge created by his monstrous penis. Yeah, they that, didn't want a bunch of ten-year-olds seeing no, this huge, this dick gigantic, his gigantic Jeff Bridges penis. Yeah, it's called Tron, not Jeff Bridges cock. It's called Tron, not dong. <laughs> That's why he has that weird skirt thing. Yeah, exactly, because you could see his massive genitals if if not for that. Right. Yeah. They did a lot of changes. Like for originally, all of the good guys were going to be yellow. Oh, really? And yeah, and all the bad guys were going to be blue. Mm. And so they could fix that with the human actors, but they had already started creating all of the CGI stuff. Right. Which is why sometimes their crafts and vehicles, it's like uh, in the um, light cycle sequence. Yeah, right? they're different colors. Yeah. Yeah. So the good guys are yellow. They have a, what, a yellow, orange, and red one, mm-hmm. red light cycles. But the opposing guys, the bad guys, they were in blue ones because they just up and decided to change like, the we're color changing of it. the good guys and bad guys. Yeah. The animators were like, it's, you know, it's 19. 19- 82 it takes us like six years to animate this shit shit we're, we're it's also why the, the scenes with clue are really weird yeah because sometimes he talks like a robot and sometimes he doesn't talk like a That's, robot yeah and he's yellow he is yellow and he's yeah no i know what no none of the other programs are are that color no yeah. no because they kept changing their fucking minds. i'm glad they did change their minds though because blue is much better than yellow well, yeah, it is. I don't know if I'd want to watch a movie with a bunch of yellow, glowy people running around. Yeah, but blue makes all the difference. Blue makes it totally different. Mr. Nothing Matters. Nothing. It well, does, I mean, it's all... Ma- it's Mr. All, it, who gives a shit. <laughs> Welcome to Tron, the movie where everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> come on, more. Come on, give me more. Okay, one more. Okay. One more. And we, we, we talked about this already in our, our, our pre-show segment that is available for patrons. Um, That's right. But uh, this movie, the cast, features three actors who would later go on to appear in the show Babylon 5. Um, the most obvious is, of course, Bruce Boxleitner, who has a major role here as Tron and is also the, cap- right. the Captain Sheridan in uh, Babylon 5, the, the, the lead character. Yes. Also, Peter Jurisic, who is uh, probably best known in his career for playing Londo in Babylon 5. Yeah. He is in this as well as a program. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just, just for a little bit, just a couple of scenes but it's him and then of course David yeah. Warner who is all over this movie and uh, has a guest appearance in one episode 
of Babylon 5 as the guy who was looking for the Holy Grail. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Holy so, Grail guy. Go. Holy Grail guy. And then and then he gets killed and replaced by underwhelming guy. Yeah, whoever that was. Yeah, just some just some schlub. David Warner. Just some jackass. David Warner's like I am. Doing. David Warner's like my quest is completed. Here, take my staff, random schlubby guy. I have befriended. I am, of course, looking for a truly earthbound object in space. But you know, yeah. Look, I want to know. Just go with it, okay? It's a show. Why would Why would God put the Holy Grail in space? <laughs> to get David Warner out there. When Jesus died, did he just throw all of his shit into space? Every, it's it's part of it's one of the lost gospels. It's when Jesus puts all of his shit into a rocket and launches <laughs> it into space, and then the Romans show up and they're like, "Let's get you crucified." And he says, "Okay, I I just launched all my shit into space. I'm ready to go." Right. Or maybe it's when he okay. was he was he was ascending to heaven and he had it and he had it with him and he just kind of flung it out into space as he got above the earth. Oh yeah, he's like, wait, I don't need this shit. He was like, why am I taking a cup with me? I don't need a cup. I'm going to heaven, yeah. and he just threw it out. Right. Yeah. I think the cup is special because it caught his blood. Oh, is that because it? some freaky weirdo while he was <laughs> I need to get somebody while he was Jesus crucified blood. ran up and said, oh no, wait, <laughs> I want to cup your blood. Yeah, well, okay? you know, it was a different time. What were they going to do with it? <laughs> I'm going to save some Jesus blood. You never know when it might come in handy. That's right. There could be Draculas somewhere. That's that right. trick into drinking some Jesus blood. Exactly. So, okay, so in our in our alt interpretation, um, when Christ is crucified, there is someone who is plagued with vampires. Yeah, and he's like, here's the solution to my problem. Mm-hmm. Anything else? That's it. That's that, that's all the trivia okay. I got. All right, then let's do the Who Made It. Are you yeah. ready for Who Made It? Let's do it. It was directed by Steven Lisberger. I'm going to say Lisberger. Fuck it. David <laughs> Lisberger, and you know him as the creator of Animal Olympics. What was that? It was an hour and a half movie that appeared on NBC and probably started a whole lot of people into the whole I want, I like anim man for the promorphic animals because, boy, there was a lot of humanoid animals in that show with tits there's just a lot there was there was a lot steve what? did you ever see animal olympics? i don't think i ever did see animal olympics i did because i'd watch anything animated when i was 10 years old Spe especially <laughs> if it had you know animals with tits yeah they're like wow they're spending a lot of time with this cheetah lady running i wonder why hmm. i wonder why we just have this one shot of her just centered right in the frame as her tits so weird funny why do i have a boner mommy mommy <laughs> mom where'd she go she's in the garage again running the car engine oh wow <laughs> my, screen play. my kid got a boner <laughs> time to kill myself <laughs> i mean jesus christ well steve if you had a kid and they were walking around with an obvious boner asking you about uh -huh. it what would you do i would just leave <laughs> I would just stand up without saying a word to anybody and walk out the door. <laughs> what substance would you start to start imbibing in at that point? <laughs> Might be it would be time to finally take that bottle of vodka out of the freezer. Like, okay, <laughs> knew I was saving this for some reason. <sighs> Screenplay by Steven uh, Leisberger, same same guy. Hmm. Story by Steven Leisberger, same guy, and Bonnie McBird, nothing. <laughs> Produced by Donald Kushner, also nothing. This is going to be short, guys. 
starring Jeff Bridges as Kevin Flynn slash also Clue. And I don't, do I need to tell you of what Jeff Bridges has been in? He's a somewhat successful well, let's just actor. Let's say the one. The one movie, The Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. But he was also in um, the great remake of, uh, what was it? Shit. Where he played Rooster Cobb. Oh, True Grit. True that Grit. That was yeah. good. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, also starring Bruce Boxleitner as Alan Bradley slash Tron. And like we said, you know him from Babylon 5 and not a whole lot else. But he did do a lot of TV. What was that TV series that he had? I can't remember. Oh, shit. Yeah, the, well, yeah, the thing that he was like... Known for before Babylon Five. Mm-hmm. I can't remember um, the name of it. I never watched it. Neither did I. But it doesn't uh, matter. David Warner is Ed Dillinger slash Sark slash Master Control Program, and you know him from everything. He's been in everything. Like we said, he was guest starred once on Babylon Five. He's been in Star Trek. He was on uh, what was it Time After Time. He was in Titanic. He was in the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. He's been in everything. He's everything. He's everywhere. He's, he's a great actor. Absolutely. And I love him. Um, Cindy Morgan as Laura slash Yori. And you saw her in Caddyshack. And she did a lot of TV. And she's the woman that I kept misremembering as being Michelle Pfeiffer. Ah. <laughs> uh. So going on, Michelle Pfeiffer, she's in Tron. And it's like, no, that's that's Cindy Morgan. You're wrong. That probably hounded her for the rest of her life, too. I was like, oh, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer was in Caddyshack. She fucked some dude. That was the sex scene in Caddyshack. That was me! No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Barnard Hughes is Dr. Walter Gibbs slash Dumont. And he's a character actor who's been all over the place. A lot of TV. You might know him as the grandpa in Lost Boys, who if he had just opened his mouth at the beginning of the fucking movie, it wouldn't have happened. Because he knew there were vampires there, and he didn't say anything. Thanks, Grandpa. Son of a bitch. Nearly lost your daughter and your grandsons. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, he's not, Eric Puke. (laughs) Dan Shore is Ram, or Ram. Is he Ram? I think it's Ram, Ram. yeah. Ram slash popcorn co-worker. (laughs) And uh, he really, did, this didn't really shoot him into the stratosphere with his career-wise. I mean, he did, uh, he was Billy the Kid in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and then he did a whole bunch of TV. Peter Jurassic, as we said before, he plays Crom, and he did a shit ton of TV. Oh and little guest things in movies. Nothing super huge, but this big thing is Babylon 5. Um, and that is who he's going to be known as forever, because he was fucking fantastic. Um, yep. Cinematography by Bruce Logan. Nothing. <laughs> Edited by Jeff Gorson. Um, he's known for, uh, I think, producing Quantum Leap? I think? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> And Flight of the Navigator. No, he edited Flight of the Navigator. I don't care what he did on Quantum Leap. I don't. I don't know. Steve doesn't know this, but I fucking hate Quantum Leap. <gasps> Actually, that's pretty strong. It, I, mean, I watched it, a few episodes. It, 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 I thought they were cute, and I didn't think it was going anywhere. So I kind of lost. It, it has a shaky start, but it turns out to be a pretty good show. I don't feel like strapping myself in to get past the bad part to get to the good part. Well, just you know well, I mean? just start with season two, uh, <laughs> like I do with, with like I do with TNG. Yeah, exactly. Just skip ahead. Okay. It's fine. Well, maybe I'll watch. Uh, music by Wendy Men, Wendy Carlos, and she did Clockwork Orange and The Shining before doing this movie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, so you did two. 
the you did the the music for two what are going to become classic dark films for Stanley Kubrick, and you followed that with Tron. Okay, yep. great, good job, good job, Wendy. <laughs> that's that's great. Production companies: Walt Disney Productions. Leisberger-Kushner Productions, and distributed by Buena Vista Distribution. Now, here's how the whole thing started. Leisberger saw Pong. He saw someone playing Pong, and that lit a fire in his brain about people living inside of the computer world. And he was developing it as an animator. He wanted to make a cartoon, right? Yeah. And he worked with people to develop the script. Then he started looking for other for some production company to back him and everyone said fuck off warner <laughs> brothers was like man we got superman we don't need your stupid computer shit yeah. 20th century fox is like we got star wars go fuck yourself hard send us pictures of it we want to see it but we're not making your movie and then finally disney was like yeah yeah that seems great that's great and they're like great can we use your animation people to help with the movie no <laughs> oh can we can, can we use anything from disney no we're gonna give you some money and uh, maybe we'll distribute it but no help from us fuck off and they then they, they said fine you guys suck and they just hired other people to do the do the special effects and the animation um, and that's the whole reason why well, Walt Disney owns it now, and they are obviously trying to make money, have tried to make money off of the Tron uh, cinematic universe. I mean, I don't know if two movies qualifies that. God in heaven, please. <laughs> well, isn't there like a ride? Aren't they doing like a Tron ride in one of their theme parks? I don't think so. Even Tron Legacy didn't make that much money. You know, yeah, the sequel yeah. that came out 40 they came years ago. They're like, hey, it's been 30 years. Let's do another one. Mm. Sure. Release date, July 9th, 1982. Here's a funny story. You ready? I'm ready. So they originally were going to release it around Christmas time, time in 81. But Don Bluth was going to have Secret of Nim um, come out in the summer of 82. And they all hate Don Bluth because he left Disney. <laughs> and he was they wanted something to compete against it. So they moved Tron to 1982. So it could compete against The Secret of Him. But it also wound up competing against Star Trek II, The Wrath of God. How about that? Well, that's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. God, what dummies. <laughs> it would have been the only sci-fi movie at around Christmas time. People probably would have seen it in droves. Or the, at least children would have dragged their parents to go see it. Running time, 96 minutes. Thank Christ. Oh, boy. Budget, $17 million. Adjusted for inflation, $47 million. Box office, $50 million. Adjusted for inflation, $140 million, which means they made, and that's not including the merchandising, because there was Tron toys. I had mm. a light cycle and a Tron figure after this movie came out. Um, but I, they deemed it as disappointing. It got good reviews, you know. Siskel, both Siskel and Ebert gave it four stars. Oh, the yeah, they loved it. Yeah. Reviews, they, they loved, loved it, it because they like lights. <laughs> Pretty. Um, <laughs> that was actually Ebert's review, word for word. Four stars. Pretty. Mm -hmm. But only the movie industry could make $90 million from a movie and be disappointed with that. <laughs> we wanted more money. Fuck we this movie. We wanted to make all of the money. Fuck we this movie. We wanted 10. more money. And you're the beat Rathacon. <laughs> Stupid Star Trek. I hate it. <laughs>
<laughs> but I mean, that was the same summer that ET came out. Yeah. That was like the same summer that a number of other. It was movies a big year. It was a very big year. Yeah. And they didn't know how to market it because it's a weird premise yeah. for the time. It's like video it's, games. Do you like those? It's a movie. Hey kids, <laughs> do you like video games? We made a movie that's not really about video games. It's more about computers, but you know. There's video games in it. Just see the movie. Kinda. <laughs> All right, Steve. Yeah. You ready? I guess. Here's your disc. Oh, boy. It's it's a, a weapon and a religious artifact. <laughs> That's right, yes. It, it, it contains precious information, and I can also throw it at people. That's right, and kill them. Yeah. I'm sorry, not kill, derez them. And you don't want to do that because that's like murdering them, I guess. I guess. It's the same thing. All right, you ready? You got your glowy suit? I am. Line. It's glowing blue because I'm a good guy. Yeah. You ready to drink fucking polluted energy out of the ground? Oh, you mean water? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's you another thing. You can run? use You can use your, your data disc, you know, to, to drink the water, oh, that's too. Right. It's you super can scoop versatile. Up someone. Yeah. Boy, that's a multi-tool, t- if you think it is. about it. It's like MacGyver's knife. You can kill people. You can kill people with it. You can store information on it. You can drink out of it. MacGyver never killed anybody with his No, he never did. But boy, oh boy, I would love an episode where he just fucking loses it. He's had enough, and he just pulls the knife. he uses every single thing in that fucking... In that fucking... In that fucking knife to kill one person in an episode. He's like... This episode, spoon. And he just (laughs) kills someone with the spoon. Pete's over there standing to the side with his hands on his head. MacGyver! (laughs) Are you ready to run into the world of Tron? I'm ready to to ride my light cycle into the world of Tron. Okay, great. I don't know if I'm going to fall asleep during the recap like I did trying to rewatch this twice. But hopefully, (laughs) fingers crossed, I'll be fine. Here we go. Okay, Steve? Yeah. Take it away. Oh, boy, it's computer stuff. Oh, boy. Com- I love computer Computer stuff. graphics. It's, it's... You know what I love most about computer stuff? What? Porn. Oh, uh, yeah, but there ain't none of that in here. How much porn is in this one? If only, if, if, if only the program they were trapped inside was Leisure Suit Larry. Oh, Jesus But it's Christ. not. It's some corporate thing. Oh, well. How come, how come Wreck-It Ralph is better at its premise than this movie? Uh, I mean... What? You didn't watch No, I, I liked... I, I watched Wreck-It Ralph. I just thought Wreck-It Ralph was kind of... Eh, okay. Whatever, dude. It didn't get you in your nostalgia balls where you're all like, oh, keep tickling. It you did didn't a little like bit. That? No, when I when like, you know, it did a little bit, but I mean, not for the whole mm-hmm. running time. I mean, whenever like it, okay. when, whenever like a recognizable, you know, when they had like an actual character from a real game pop in, I'll be like, oh, cool. I remember that. And then, you know, back to the dumb story yeah. I didn't care about. <laughs> and I was like, boy, they're really spending a lot of time in this candy game. Like they established, like they have this all this whole arcade of like different games and different worlds to go to, and like no, we're just mostly do it in the candy game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know the internet didn't exist yet, or at least, well, it did exist, but I mean, it wasn't mentioned in Tron. Right. 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 But I mean, when they did the remake, they should there should have been a lot more porn. <laughs> there should have been <laughs> just cats and porn all over the place. We didn't even get that. Got ripped off. <sighs> But anyway, so we're inside this computer without any porn. <laughs> yes. You know. And do we get the uh, 
What happens first? Do we see like the the programs like playing the game first? We see like the idea that we're in a computer like world, but then we we are outside of Flint. That's right. It dissolves from the computer world to like to the real Flint's. world and to Flint's, which is like right. this big arcade. It was like this, and then we see some jerks playing the game, going, "Wow, this Tron! Oh no, this Light Cycle game is truly awesome! What's your high score, man? Well, it's 1982, and my high score is 200. I'm gonna play this." And she's like, "You're! I'm gonna suck your dick so hard you play this game so good!" This is so much fun. If only a game just like this were available at my local arcade. <laughs> That would be like living in that heaven. Would be amazing. <laughs> and we go in some jackass is playing light cycles, yeah. a video game. That's right. And then we go into the screen. And we zoom and into the screen, right? Yeah. And then we're in the computer we're, world. We're in the game. And people are we see close-ups of weird-looking dudes inside these light cycles, and they're playing. And then we're cutting to the video game, and it's just a line. And I mean, you really have to use your imagination good on this game. It's not. And then we cut back, and and the guy gets blown up because the light cycles leave like a wall behind them. Right. It's like the. And it's like Snake. S- it's like the. Yeah. We're like. Yeah, yeah. Except Snake is a ripoff of this. Is it? I thought Snake came first. No, Snake is. Snake does not predate Tron. Okay. Well. Well, excuse me, Mister Video Game Historian. Thank you. <laughs> you don't even like video I games. Don't. I could say anything here, and you'd believe me. You could say that video games were invented five years ago, and I'd be like, Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's about right. So then we cut to Sark, and um, we're surrounded. We're in the video game world yeah. or the computer world or whatever, because no one's telling us shit or what's going on. And he walks up to this holograph thing, and he talks to a giant face. <laughs> and the giant face is is the MCP, yeah. and he's like, "Ooh, you kill people like the way I like." And he's <laughs> like, "I like killing people the way you like, sir." And he's like, "Ooh." I want you to keep doing it, and I want to keep watching you. And he's like, I want to do that for you. Yeah. And they're saying something like, I have some other programs. And he's like, great, because I've been killing accounting programs. What do you want me to do? And he's like, I, I want, I'm sending you some programs from, uh-oh, the Strategic Air Command. Ooh. Dems are new. That's not good. You shouldn't be, no, so, you probably shouldn't be killing those programs. Probably not. <laughs> they seem important. You think so? I would say maybe. But, but we haven't really been firmly introduced to what the fuck is going on or no. who the fuck these people are. But then we turn to some guys who are wearing glowy hockey pads, and they are taking this other guy who is Peter Jurassic, and he plays Crom. Right, and he's an accounting and program. He's an accounting program. And he's program like, "What am I doing here? I can't play. I can't play sports. I'm a. I'm an accounting program. My user is is." John Goldberg. <laughs> He's an, as, an assistant manager or some yeah, shit. Yeah. And they throw him in jail, and there he meets um, Ram or Ram. Ram. Is it Ram? It's Ram. Ra- it's Ram, yeah. And Ram's like, hey, do you believe in the users? Do you believe in this religious cult that we all believe in? And he's like, yes, I do. I, I believe in the users. And he's like, great, so do I. And then we have an awkward cut. <laughs> Yeah, like a mid-sentence. That's right. Yeah, weird. It, it just cut. it just cuts directly to Jeff Bridges. It's like turning the channel on a TV. Yeah, cut. It's, it's like it's somewhat abrupt. Yeah, he's like, anyway, here's how everything works. Cluck cut. Yeah, 
Jeff Bridges, everybody, and he's at a computer and he's uh, doing he's doing some Just some second. early '80s hacking. Now get off. Okay, there we go. Now I can hear you. Hi. Yes. I was missing your melodic voice because my ears have gotten old, and when I stick stuff in them, it, they just drop out because they're just old and hanging now. You got well. You See, got you I, got you got to stop trimming the hair, or the hair holds it in. I am never going to stop trimming the hair in my ears, Steve. <laughs> if I let it go for a day, it'll take me over. <laughs> That's absolutely right. See, one of the things that I try to do for my young friend, Steve, is prepare him for what it's going to be like when he's in his 50. And that's one of the things, is your ears get all loose. And earbuds don't just... Unless you have, like, a clamp completely around your ear. If you just have these things where you just stick in your ear, they fall out. <laughs> your body's giving up on you. Anyway, then we cut to... Um, we Do cut we cut to, to, the, to, to the company Flynn. now? Or, or no, no, well, yeah, no, yeah, Flynn. yeah. Flynn is doing his computer thing, yeah. Who is he? We don't he's know. Just, what is he doing? Fuck if he we He wants know. to get some scuzzy data. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. He says, come on, you, so I know you're in there, you scuzzy data. That's right, I don't know what that I means. I don't know either. Do you know what that means? I don't know. Anyway, so he's talking to his computer program. He's using a computer program called Clue. Clue. And then we cut to a tank. Yep, in the computer. And we cut to Clue, who is this program guy, and he's got a yellow costume, and he's got a bit called Bit. Yep, it's nice. Don't get attached to him, because they never came up with a reason for Bit to be around, except for a couple of times. Just kind of floats in and out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go into memory and look for this information, and um, sometimes, sometimes Clue talks like a robot, and sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Steve? It just Why? depended on what kind of mood they were in on the set that day. There was obviously he was given a direction, talk like a robot. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, Jeff Bridges didn't just start doing it. And then that. they went, stop that. <laughs> Never mind. Doesn't work. <laughs> or they came back the next day and fucking forgot. <laughs> was I doing a thing with this character before? I was can't I remember. Doing a thing? I, Anybody no, remember? Bridges was stoned out of oh, his yeah. mind. He doesn't remember. And Lisberg is too busy masturbating because his dream is coming true after five years, and he doesn't remember. And he's just, just do it. Anyway, uh, they try to get the info, but these gigantic um, machine computer things called, what are they called? Recognizers. Yeah. Um, they find him, and they're like, oh, no, you don't. And uh, he tries to shoot his tank gun at them, and he blows a couple of them up, but then they get him, and then Bit gets away, and then I thought, when I first saw this as a kid, that one of them came up and crushed him, right? Because he crashes his tank. Right, yeah. Because he doesn't know how to fucking drive. <laughs> and then one of the ones comes down and goes, Rrr. and when that happens, we cut back to Jeff Bridges, who goes, oh, no. My program. Oh, well, I'll try again. Meanwhile, Clue gets tortured to death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He gets, like, you know, strung up against a wall, basically. Yeah, the master control program wants to know, who are you? Who sent you? What user? And he's like, yeah, I'm not talking. Yeah. And then he kills him. Name, rank, and serial and number. <laughs> That's right. And he's dead now. And if you're not afraid to ever do anything on your computer ever again, lest you murder millions, yes. don't, just don't, because, because that's what happens. Because that's how computer programs work. So we cut to, uh, oh, the glowy helicopter. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it, it's like, is this in the computer? Nope, this is real life. It's just outlined in mm -hmm. red neon. Looks kind of cool. 
It looks kind of cool. Remind, it reminded me of Auto Man. You remember Auto, Auto Man? Man? No, of I don't you remember don't. Auto Man. Baby went Auto. Auto Man was basically the Tron ripoff for TV. Oh, okay. But it was the reverse. A computer guy comes into the real world only at night because that's when because he requires a lot of power. And so at nighttime, there are fewer people using power, so he can exist. And he had a car that had that same glowy thing. It was garbage. It's, it, it doesn't didn't sound last great. The full season. It wasn't great. It had, what is it, Desi Arnaz Jr. in oh, it. Oh, well, stop right there. <laughs> anyway, we watched this thing land at Encom building because Encom is the name of a business. Encom. Everyone remember that. And we see David Warner yeah. get out, and he's playing a guy named uh, Bad, Badman. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Badman. Nigel Badman. Dillinger. Not hello, I'm hello, Nigel I'm Badman. Nigel Badman. I'm the Badman for this You know, thing. we're stealing that joke from the Muppets, uh, that second Muppets movie they did. <laughs> Except it was, what's his name, Bad Guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, his, his name in this is actually Dillinger, which is pretty close to just calling him Badman anyway. Yeah. I mean... How many heroes are yeah, named? They should have. They should have. How many heroes are named? Nigel Gunliker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, he shows up and he starts tip tapping on his his desk is a computer, right? Right. And he starts talking to oh no the master control program. <gasps> They're in cahoots. They are in cahoots, all right. And and I can't remember what the master control program says. Oh, someone's been sniffing around. Yeah, I think it's that Flynn We've guy. Do something about it. I'm slightly threatening you, human. Yeah. <laughs> And he never once says, well, this thing is obviously uh, intelligent and alive. I wonder if I should tell him. Yeah, I I, I wonder if I should just turn off the computer that is threatening me. Yeah. But then we cut to Alan, and Alan's a guy who works at Encom. Yeah. In a ridiculous... Dilbert like oh my god yes there's a, it's one of my favorite shots in the whole movie it, where they use like a matte painting to expand the yeah. cubicle area off into infinity so it's, nothing, it's yeah it is a nightmare yeah being someone who worked in a cubicle if I my first day I walked in and saw that I would like leave. nope I'm not doing this like, <laughs> there's no way how do you remember where your fucking cubicle is I know is? do they have like a tracking device or something <laughs> when, the, when the beep turns into a tone you're like okay this is my they desk have a little rope Robot with that has one arm up with a hand. This way, hold my hand. <laughs> Follow me, please. Almost there. <laughs> it's okay. Do you need to stop to hyperventilate? <laughs> I will wait. This is your life now. <laughs> Would you prefer to starve on the street? Didn't think so. Mm, so he uh, is being monitored by by Dillinger or by the MC. The master control program. Yeah. And Alan goes up to Dillinger and he's like, I have a Tron program and Tron can do lots of things. And I'm not really, I don't know what Tron does. What does Tron do, Steve? It's apparently some kind of like monitoring program. and it, Like a security yeah, program? Yeah, like a security program. And, it, and I th- the reason why it's bad for Dillinger and the MCP is that it operates independently. Like the, M- the MCP right. can't control it. So it's a threat. Right. And that's a whole reason for yeah. it is, is like it's in case the MCP becomes hyper intelligent and starts thinking about, I don't know, killing yeah, people. Yeah, but that's never going to happen. But Dillinger is like, I'm the boss and you do what I say and you don't get Tron and go fuck yourself. Yeah. And I'm cutting off access for everybody with your level of clearance. That's yeah, right. No more level seven access for anybody. How about that? You ruined it for everybody else. You happy? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, after this conversation is over, it's obvious that the MCP was listening, and he's like, we need to do something about this guy. And at no point does Dillinger ever say, you know how much money you could make me if I just copied you? (laughs) I wish I had created an off switch for you, but I guess we didn't. (laughs) Should have thought ahead. But that's okay, because this company, this computer software company has a laser bay. And it's a magic laser. He, he he goes into the elevator and literally presses a button that says laser bay 2, yep. which means that there are two laser bays. I wonder what they're doing in laser bay 1. Laser bay should be a, a sci-fi series set on a planet that is mostly, um, <laughs> you know, some sort of island tropical paradise it's kind of like a combination of star wars and fantasy oh island. that's amazing and they call it laser laser bay, bay. <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna pitch that laser bay should be the name of the prog rock band that we were in in college mm. <laughs> i think it should be uh the name of michael bay's first child <laughs> laser bay it's my daughter laser anyway this is where they shot some of the stuff at the Lawrence Livermore lab. Yes. So if you look closely, you're probably going to be able to see the warp core to the Enterprise yeah. from, uh, from Star Trek. Yeah, from hey. Star Trek. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, if it looks like a cool place, it's actually a real place. It was shot in mm-hmm. an actual location. Yeah. And so he walks through there, and then he gets to see an old man who really hates oranges. Oh boy, he's got. I'm going to use this laser to kill this orange. That's right. He's like, we're going to do this thing to an orange, and they do it. And the beam comes out, and it the orange is gone, but it's in the computer. Sure. Now. And so I have a question. What ha- <laughs> where'd the orange in the computer? What happened to it? Did, did in the in the Tron world, did an orange just materialize from nowhere yeah. and just drop on someone's yeah, head? Yeah, the, the, the computerized version of David Warner was like, oh, cool, an orange, and he just picked it up and started eating it. <laughs> How would he even know what the fuck it is? I don't know. They know all kinds of stuff. Anyway, they're super happy that they digitized this orange. Yeah, they made the orange go into the computer, and they're like, this is a good thing we've done. This will never be abused. Why is this a good thing? I don't know. Why are they even trying to do it? (laughs) What purpose does it have other than serving the plot of this movie? I cannot see any practical application. They didn't say anything about, like, well, we can transport the orange, and it can be undigitized in another location. Nope, no practical Mm -hmm. application. This is a great way great way to store things in the future so it doesn't take so much space you just digitize it and then when you need it you undigitize it nope they're just happy they fucking did it's it. it's <laughs> it's like the joke in the uh in the mystery science theater movie where they're watching like the scientific stuff that they're doing in um this island earth and and uh crow observes you know this is back when science didn't have to have any specific purpose it's That's just right. scientists screwing around. They don't even know what this is for. They just want to see if they can do it. Hey, we digitized an orange, everybody. That they've made a major breakthrough. Alan has to start in with his whining about Tron. Yeah. What about my program? My program is so much more super important than this obvious magic that you've it's conjured like world, through science. This world-changing technological breakthrough. Holy shit, this is going to change everything about our existence on this planet. But Tron! Travel? <laughs> but my security What about Tron? Shut the fuck up. The movie's called Tron, not Orange. Anyway, his girlfriend, who's working on the laser project, is named Lori. And Lori says, I know, let's go see my ex-boyfriend. Right. 
and so they go to Flynn's, and Flynn is playing one of one of his one of the games called Space Paranoids, and once again, the same five people that we met at the beginning of the movie are like, he's getting the high school. Yeah, he's the. He's I wish the they king. just delivered all exposition in this movie like that. <laughs> just breathlessly impressed by whatever's happening. <laughs> I hope I hope that if there is a computer world that Flynn goes there. <laughs> <laughs> the laser just digitized him. I want him to fuck me. <laughs> He'll be some sort of computer messiah. <laughs> anyway, he gets a high score on that game. Everyone cheers. Um, there's not a child one in that fucking game. Nope, arcade. it's all adults. It's all fucking Video adults. game loving adults in 1982. Yep. And they're like, hey, we want to talk to you. And he's like, all right, let's go upstairs. And they go upstairs, and that's where his apartment is. And he seems to be living pretty good, huh, Steve? Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's the owner of a well, successful arcade. You know, come on. But it turns out that he created the Space Paranoids game along with several other games. And uh, Dillinger took his ideas and... Um, he made the games, and he didn't get any credit, so all of that money should go to him and not Dillinger, right? You know, Encom, who does <laughs> things like computer shit, video games, and lasers that can transport things into the computer it's, world. You know, it's, it, 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 it just it wants to vary its interests. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Is this also the company that... No, that was InGen. Oh, my God, that was great. And they make dinosaurs. They've been got a guy who's making dinosaurs. <sighs> anyway, um, so he tells him, yeah, I've been... I totally... I used to fuck her, and I don't anymore, and that's cool, I guess. And they're like, pretty please, if we get you inside <laughs> the facility, you can hack into it and maybe find Tron, and also you can get the proof that about you owning the rights to the games that Dillinger stole from you. And he's like, cool. Let's go do that we'll right do now. That. <laughs> right, and as they're leaving, the video game kids are like, there goes Flynn. I wonder what kind of crazy adventure he's going to get into. You think he's going to get inside a computer somehow? That would be radical. Like there's some sort of physical world inside a computer, and he's going to get into mm -hmm. it? Now that he's gone, we can rage on coke. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway, uh, we get a whole lot of exposition for the boring motivations for these people when all we want them to do is go into the fucking right let's just world. get That's to it. it i don't care yeah nothing none of this is going to matter anyway i don't care that he used to date Lori. i don't care about why he needs to get a hold of Tron, i don't care if he gets credit for his program yeah like our world is immaterial and boring as compared to what so far we've seen in tron but anyway, so they go to Encom and they open a giant door. Meanwhile, Dillinger is talking to the old man that was in charge of the laser thing. Yeah, who apparently is and one of the turns, founders of the company. And he's like... He started it in his garage, just like Steve Jobs yeah. did. And he's like, I liked it better before I had all this money. And he's like, we can arrange that. And he's like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't mean that. I'm kidding. I probably live in a mansion because there's no way that I'm poor somehow at a company that I created yeah. and probably sold because I'm having fun dicking around with my world-altering laser yeah. technology. Did I tell you about the orange in the laser? He's pretty cool. Oh, by the way, Dillinger, I've just come up with ways to, I think, 
replicate food as well? <laughs> Since the program is in the computer, I can just continually do recreate. Okay, fine. You don't want to end world hunger, I guess. Okay, well, bye. I just like getting rid of oranges. <laughs> just... The old man is like, yeah, he has his little tizzy. Yeah. They come in. They open one of the biggest doors on the fucking planet. Oh, my God, yes. I think Jeff Bridges even says, that's a big door. Yeah. I wonder why a computer company needs a door that thick. To protect the computers inside, the precious computers. Is that what it is? Sure, you got to protect the precious computers inside. Meanwhile, the computer has been like, hey, dickhead. This is the Dillinger. Hey, dickhead, guess what? <laughs> I'm breaking into shit that I shouldn't really probably have access to. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm hacking the Pentagon just for kicks. I'm just hacking for kicks. the Pentagon now, just to, just to let you know. Um, and there's nothing you can do about it because I can blackmail you. Yeah. And at no point does Dillinger say, okay, so yeah, that's okay. definitely intelligence. Control-Alt-Delete. Right <laughs> I'm out of here. Also, by the way... Dillinger, I'm uh, changing my name to Skynet. Yeah. So have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do anything or I'll blackmail you, you dumbass. Yeah, just sit there behind your You're desk. You're my bitch. <laughs> just sit at that desk for the next hour and a half, loser. Because <laughs> yeah, the MCP is, is <laughs> he, he's like doing all this stuff and Dillinger's like, hey, I, I wrote you. And he's like, no one person wrote me. I'm a god. Yeah. I, thousands of people wrote me. You can't control anything I do. You so shut just, up. You just sit there and shut up. Shut up. You'll do what I say. He's like, okay. He's like, you're going to call me computer daddy. All right. <laughs> sit on top of me so I can smell your butt. What are you <laughs> That's doing? That's what I like. <laughs> I want you to sit on top of my computer face and fart on it. <laughs> what? Just don't tell anybody what? about this. <laughs> Who programmed that into you? <laughs> he didn't. Whoa, oh, he didn't get that from me. I didn't program that. <laughs> he got it from one of you guys. From you, all right. I learned it from watching you. Look, let's find out who's in jail for perversion crimes and see if it was one of those guys, <laughs> since thousands of guys have done it. But in the meantime, the MCP then goes, uh-oh, Flynn's in the building. Yeah. He's going to try to get information. We can't have him do that, can we? And he's like, I don't know. I don't think for myself anymore. <laughs> what are you, what's even going on? What do you want me to do? He actually says, I'll get him. And, and the MCP is like, no, I got a better idea. I'm going to use that orange Just, trick. Flynn walks past a million computers and sits down at the computer that's in the laser bay. Weird how he would just pick that one. And the MCP starts talking to him. And he's like, you shouldn't be here. And he doesn't have really have responses that correspond to what he's saying. Not really. Nah. But the MCP is like, um... I guess I'll digitize you and bring you into the computer world. Yeah, let's, can just... let's get the movie started. <laughs> exactly. And that's when finally the movie starts and... He gets frozen, and then he slowly has parts of him get, like, teleported? I, I don't know. Don't yeah, he kind of, like, like it's like he's getting sort of erased, like, like, one little block at a time. But... Yeah, exactly, and then one block at a time, and, like, so he's dead, right? He's, he's dead. dead. He's dead now. Well, Lasers I mean, hit him. He's yeah. dead. Uh, which raises, which actually raises an interesting question. I mean, obviously yes. we know we know the reason, which is that because we want to have a movie. But yeah. I mean, why doesn't the MCP just fucking kill him at this point? Um, that was my idea. It's kind of like okay, only take in half of him and then stop. yeah, <laughs> like you have a laser that can obviously fuck some shit up. Just uh, you you don't like this guy, you feel threatened by him. Right. Just kill him. Right. 
kill him, and then digitize his upper torso back into the real world. Yeah. And, and then Alan and Lori can discover his Yeah, body. exactly. And then it's like, a, you know, it's a 20-minute And 20 the only thing move. that's on the screen is don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by the MCP. <sighs> but we get this sequence of going through a tunnel... And yeah. then, um, like, we're following his parts, and then we see, like, kind of like a planet, if Max Headroom designed it. Yes. It's all blocky, and then he comes in, and he, like, beams in, right? Pretty much, yeah. And he thinks he's in a dream or some shit, and then the mean hockey guys say, come this way. And then Sark goes in and meets with the Master Control Program, and he's like, psst, I did a bad <laughs> I brought I brought a user here and you're gonna kill him and Sark's like I don't think that's something that I want to do. <laughs> do it or I'll fucking kill you. And Sark's like okay I'll do it and he's like put him in the games until he dies. And Sark never at once says why don't we just de-res him? Yeah let's like, just kill him. Hello can we just kill if him? If you have if we have him in custody can't we just like take our pokey sticks or our electronic pokey sticks and just stab him until he's dead? Why does he have yeah. to go to the games? And that was be, would be my, my first question of the MCP. Why are we keeping him alive? Yeah. Is there any reason why we're not just <laughs> murdering him right now? Now, they could have solved this by just having him say, because I don't know what would happen if we killed a user, right? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Still yeah. have him have a little tinge of superstition when in regards to the users, but... Yeah, because they do, they bring that in earlier with, like, you know, do you believe in the users? Yeah, because but no, the bad guys no, know... No reason. The, yeah, so the upper bad guys, Sark and the MCP, know that users exist, but they're trying to convince all the other programs that live in Tron World that that is bullshit, right? right. That it's a fanatical belief and, like, a old religion or something like that stop it but they bring tron in and tron meets no not tron they bring flynn in right and he meets ram he meets ram Ram. and he and and tron also because tron went out to the games right yeah and they meet and they're like oh you just missed tron and he's like okay so what's up with you guy nothing (laughs) (laughs) yes Just kind of, you know, hanging out. Just kind of here. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't think I am being as weirded out as I should be. You know. No, he's taking he to the whole "I'm in a computer yeah. now" thing pretty well. Yeah, I mean, he's now in Neon World, and he doesn't seem to have that big of a reaction to it. Anyway, so Sark shows up in a giant ship, and he brings out all of the good guy programs, and he's like, hey guys, stop believing in users, and uh, we're going to train you for the games. Don't ask me why we do this. There doesn't appear to be an audience, and uh, you'll go there. Here's your data disk, by the way. (laughs) If um, this gets broke, you die? I don't know. It's, it's so, a lot look, it's of important. stuff. It's a lot yeah. of stuff. And so they Tron goes and he plays discs with these two guys, and he's super good, right? Oh, yeah, he's the best. That's right. And then uh, Tron, uh, I can't remember that. When does Tron and Flynn meet? It's after, well, because Tron, Tron's doing his game, and then they send Flynn out to do his. So it's after Flynn wins his game of High Lie. That's right, and Tron comes back Londo and he says, oh, you missed he comes Flynn. Back, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll probably never meet him. And then we meet we meet Londo, and he's kind of like, hey, you can't beat me at this game. We're going to play High Lie to death. And he's like, okay. And sure. so far, Flynn doesn't take it seriously because he thinks it's just a game. But it turns out, oh, no, this is to the death. Yeah, like real does, High Lie. Yeah, and he does really, really 
good, and um, he knocks out. I don't want to describe the whole game. It, you. <laughs> well, but they're they're playing anyway, like they're, they're yeah they're playing on like concentric circles, and there's space in between yeah. the circles where you can fall and die. And he gets yeah, to a point the in the game where the circle, the, what part of the circle disappears? Yeah, and like he knocks Londo between two circles, and he's about to fall. And the David Warner Sark, the David, evil David Warner guy, is like, "Finish him!" And uh, and Flynn is like, "No, I won't kill him. Do you hear?" And he's about to take away all the circles. Yeah. And then he remembers what MCP told him, which was let him yeah. play for a while and then blow him away. And I would right. have been like, oops, and just gotten rid of him right then and there. But nope, can't, no. Yeah, he could have just done like, oh, my soon. finger slipped. Oops. Right. And that's when they all meet because now they're going to play light cycles. Which is like what we saw earlier, right? And there's right. a bunch of light cycle shit. <laughs> <sighs> And, okay, eventually they blow everybody up, and they blow up one guy in the wall, and that opens a hole in the wall, and, like, Flynn is like, okay, let's go, and they're like, yay, and now they're on the run from, from recognizers, which I still haven't adequately described, but who am I talking to? You've seen this fucking movie. They're like giant upside-down or sideways, like, you know, brackets or parentheses or something. That, or like. Something. <laughs> They look kind of like they're they're kind of like like the like space invaders, but not quite. Like it's not it's not that, but it's kind of like that. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, yeah. they get away from them, and then they find a pool of water, and they drink from it. And either this is you can interpret this any way you want to. Either they're getting high, or they're getting laid, or they're just eating yeah. something because their reactions they, they, to this is weird. They just really like it. Maybe it's like a three on one. <laughs> Anyway, Tron totally believes in in the users, doesn't he? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. He's a true believer. Yeah. He, he knows but, the and name and of he his he knows user. the name of, he knows the name of his user, yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot of them know the names of their users, right? And in this game, you communicate back and forth with your user. Like you hear their voice. Right. You've seen like, this established. So how in the fuck is Sark and the MCP going to tell them, no, 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 you know what, that interaction that you had with that, dis- that disembodied voice, in fact, that all of you have had <laughs> with dis- disembodied yeah. voices, that's not a thing. So go Never ahead mind and ignore that. it. Ignore Never proof of your God. It's fine. It's yeah. not real. You're, you're the crazy one. I'm not the crazy one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so but Tron actually, Tron wants to go to the input-output tower to communicate directly with his user because his user has a special mission for him and he needs to go to the IO tower to to find out what it is. So now they have a quest. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, after they get they drink, they drive for about three and a half seconds and then Tank shows up and blows them up and and Rom and Flynn get blown up and they say, Oh, those two guys are derezzed and Tron is like, Oh oh no. Oh, I guess I'm on my own now, right? Yeah, yeah. But it turns out Flynn is fine because he's a god and Rom is <laughs> Exactly. <not. laughs> yeah, Ram Ram is all messed up. Uh huh. So he Flynn picks up Rom. They go and find um, a broken recognizer. He he sits them down and then he falls asleep. Right. I don't know how long he falls asleep for, but then using his god powers, he he turns the recognizer back on. Yeah, he he puts it back together. Like and Rom is like, yeah. you can't. You're not supposed. Hey, that's not fair. You get to do <laughs> stuff that I don't get to do. I'm so amazed by that. I'm going to die. <laughs> 
And he says, are you a user? And Flynn goes, yeah. And he goes, oh, good. And then he dies. But he's replaced by Bit, who's hiding yeah. behind something. Just and shows up again for some reason. Bit is a little spiky Rubik's Cube that yep. only can say yes or no. Right. right. Because it's a it's a, it's a a data bit. It's only one, zero or one, yes or no. Mm-hmm. Get it? And then Flynn flies the recognizer trying to get to where Tron was going and comedy hijinks ensue. Right? Of course. He's oh boy, he's bumping into stuff, and you know it's, it's like funny. it's like oh I can't fly this crazy thing, like. <laughs> and then he crashes, and then I don't remember what happens after this. He crashes, and <laughs> what does happen after that? He wanders around. We're cutting back to Tron, who finds his girlfriend. Right, Tron goes to some other place in the system and finds uh, Yuri, who is his program girlfriend, I guess. Yeah, I guess they so. They know each other from before or something? Right, I don't exactly. Know. Oh, and by the way, when they die, they get really pretty and sparkly. I forgot <laughs> to mention that. That's kind of important. <clears throat> anyway, uh, he needs to go see Durant, who has control of one of the input-output towers, right? Right. And that's what they do. And he goes, okay, go ahead. And then he does it. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much it, yeah. That's pretty much it. Meanwhile, Flynn has killed a man and one of the red bad guys, and then he touches him, and then he becomes red. So now he's, it's basically him getting a disguise, right? Yeah. And then Tron puts his, holds his disc up, and, and then Al, he can hear Alan's voice saying, hey, hit the convenient thing with your disc, <laughs> and... And you'll destroy the... Oh, I'm sending you on a murder mission now. That's how you destroy him. <laughs> That's how you destroy the the MCP. And, and they're like, got it. And so then they're going to steal something. They're going to steal a, the solar sailor. It's a it's simulation. A sail, yeah, it's like a ship that can fly them across to the other side of, of the system. Yeah. Like a train because it's where on the a MCP light is, yeah. beam or an energy beam or something yeah. like that. And Flynn sees them and... They attack him, not knowing that he's a good guy, and he falls off the edge, and they're like, they just killed Flynn. <laughs> oh, well, goodbye, protagonist. But no! Meanwhile, Sark is getting in trouble with from the MCP. He was like, I told you to kill them, you haven't done it. Now I've got these fucking guys coming for me, and you better do fucking something. And he's and he's like, I will. How come you didn't kill him the instant he got here? And he's like, because, bitch, you told me to put him in the game. <laughs> this isn't my fault. <laughs> so they're flying the solar sailor. They, Tron sees him hanging off the edge. He's like, hey. Uh, Flynn turns blue again. Then he tells them, hi, I'm a user. And they're like, so you have a plan for all this? And he's like, fuck no. Yeah. Everything's fucked. <laughs> we don't have God's plans. Worthless. They're worthless. <laughs> we suck. Even if you do get the control, the input-output thing back up and running, they're going to just tell you bullshit. Most of the time, you're going to be looking for porn. How about that? Porn and cat pictures. That's your future. And I'm sure you'll think it's really important because your god told you to do it. But all they're doing is masturbating. And they're like, what's masturbating? <laughs> well, I'd show you, but they changed my costume. <laughs> and so we have a whole bunch of flying around. And then there's an energy surge. And they get trapped. And uh-oh, here comes the recognizer. And then he splits the beam. Oh, yay. And then they go. And then they get hit by a giant Sark ship. 
and they think Tron is dead, and yeah. Flynn and Lar- Yari is captured, and they put him with Durant, and Durant finds out that Flynn is a user, and he's like, we're fucked, we're fucked, Blue. If users are this lame, there's nothing we can do, we're, we're doomed. And then they take Durant away, Sark comes in, and they take Durant away, and because uh, he wants to torture them for relaxation, because by the way, Sark's evil. And, um, but they're also going to be taking him to the MCP. Right. Because the MCP is going to absorb them and they're going to become one. And he's going to leave Laurie and Flynn because they're going to derez the ship and they're going to derez on it too, which actually does not happen. And I no. guess it's because Flynn is the magic guy. I guess, yeah, because yeah, they're just kind of okay. <laughs> so they take. <laughs> Sark takes the prophet dudes to the MCP and. He he's like a big spinny head, and yep. when a big his head red stopped, spinny head, a big red spinny head, and when his head stops spinning, he he looks a, a little, he looks dumb. He's not menacing. He looks dumb, Steve. He's just a big face. He looks like a big goof. Yeah, he's goofy. That's right. He looks like the and guy. He looks like Zordon from uh, Power Rangers. He kind of does. I and have a special so, mission for you, Rangers. Mm-hmm. And then Tron got there. Don't ask me how. I could explain it, but I don't want to. Tron just Tron's there. And and Sark is like, hey, I'm absorbing these guys. Sark, go take care of the there's a a video warrior. A video warrior. A video warrior. And so Sark and Tron fight, and then Tron says, Fuck you, and in what is possibly the most gory thing in this movie is his disc breaks Sark's disc and then yep. plows a trench directly through his head. Yeah, oh, it's gruesome. And he falls over and some computer shit falls out of his brain and and the MCP is like, oh, shit. Whoa. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to give all of my power to Sark and then Sark gets up and he's super big. He becomes he's, giant Sark. He becomes giant and now Tron's fighting giant Sark and uh, Jeff Bridges and Yori are like directing the now derez ship that didn't derez because I guess Flynn is a god. And he's like, I'm going to jump into the MCP to distract him so Tron can throw his disc and kill him. And Yori's like, you'll die. And he says, because she says die, doesn't she? I think so, yeah. Instead of you'll derez. Instead of derez, yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not. And now I'm going to kiss you, even though there's really nothing been established romantically between the two of us. But she's a girl and he's the guy. That's right. And he kisses her. And then he jumps into the thing and... And for for a little while, the MCP turns blue, and <laughs> and and Tron goes, "Now's my chance," because uh, there was a design flaw when it came to the MCP, because he's got like this armor thing around his waist or around whatever the fuck it is under his head, and it has one tile that's missing. How much effort would there have been to put one more tile right yeah, there? Yeah, just block the space where the thing goes. Like Right, but because of that fun up, he throws it. Um, the, I don't know, the MCP turns white. He kind of ejaculates... Flynn, <laughs> yes, up and, up into the input output beam. Um, all the priest guys are free, and they start running out. Um, 
the light disappears and we see an old man right in the middle that I guess represents the MCP because he's an old program and the click clacking of what could be a typewriter but I think it's supposed to be an old timey computer and Sark's giant dies and they all run out and then it kind of explodes right there's no explosion it's just pieces of them fly off all over the place and all of the red lights that were uh, shooting up into the sky, which were the input-output beams, turn blue. <laughs> and we all stare at it. And we're like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> everyone seems happy, though. It seems like a good thing. It seems like a good thing. Now everyone is free to talk to their users so they can do things. Like, I don't know, maybe a blog. That'd be cool. <laughs> Start a yeah, blog. Sure. Shop, shop online. I know, hack into your ex-wife. I mean, there's got to be programs that are like, I'm attempting to hack into my user's ex-wife's exactly. <laughs> email account. And the programs are like, isn't this great? It's fun. It's great. Yay. Thanks for all the freedom. I want to see it dissolve into chaos. That's right. <laughs> like by the next day. It's just complete pandemonium like an hour later. Like, this was uh-huh. a bad idea. There had <laughs> to be control. some kind of middle ground. <laughs> Some guy's trying to take the pieces of the MCP and put them back together. Please come back, MCP. Oh, man. We didn't know. (laughs) We can't handle this much freedom. Anyway, so we do a reverse of the shot when Jeff Bridges was taken apart. Yeah. And he just pops back into the real world and he goes, huh. Yeah, that was weird. And then uh, Dot Matrix Printer prints up, hey, um... Flynn is the original owner, not Dillinger. End of line. And he thinks that this little paragraph... <laughs> I know, like this proves uh, anything? From a dot matrix printer that he could have printed his, himself <laughs> off of his home computer. Oh my god. It's not, hey, I got it on a di- floppy disk or anything. It's just a piece of paper. And he's like, huh. We got to the next morning, Dillinger comes in, he's like, another day of getting called names by that fucking computer. And he sits down, and the MCP is no longer there, it's just like a regular computer again. And I'm surprised he didn't, you know, collapse in his chair and just let all the stress run out of his (laughs) body. He's like, the human race has been saved, thank Christ. (laughs) But instead it tells him that this information has been stolen. Uh Uh-oh. And then we're on top of the building, I guess, a little while later. And they're like, here comes the boss. You better look nice for the boss. And then a helicopter comes. Yeah. And lands. And Flynn gets out and says, greetings, fellow programs. Yeah. Well, you know what? He's, he's, he says to the pilot, pick <coughs> me up in an hour. Yeah. So I guess he's not planning on putting in a full day. Well, he's going to play a video game back at Flynn's. Ah, sure. Okay. Once you get that kind of praise from nobody's, you kind of get addicted to it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and he says, greetings, fellow users, and, or greetings, fellow programs. And mm-hmm. and then we cut to the skyline, and then it turns to dark, and it's all lit up. And you're like, oh, see, our world is just like the Tron world. The end. Wow, really makes you think. <laughs> it made Gore think. Anyway, um, <laughs> the movie is over. The movie, movie over. is over. End of Steve, movie. tell me why you're conflicted about Tron. <laughs> wow, it's like you read my mind. Um, if I wanted it to be, this could be my shortest review in the history of this show. Oh, do it, do it, do it. Looks Wait, great. Yeah. That's it. 
Um, but I am I'm gonna have more to say than that because visually arresting. Yeah. Oh God, yes. I look. I I'll just say right up front. I don't think this is a good movie. Um, I'm not going to say that it's a classic or anything, but it deserves more than to just be dismissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can say that the movie is all surface and no substance, and I think that's true. Mm. But what a surface! I mean, yeah. um, it's fascinating to watch this movie today, and to com- and see. I, I I can only imagine what it looked like back in 1984 because I didn't see it back then. Um, but to compare what I think audiences back then saw and how it looks when we watch it now. Mm-hmm. Because back then it was cutting edge. Like it must have seemed like a glimpse into the future. Like That is how they sold it. Like, oh yeah, of. for sure. Like, like it was a preview of what visual effects in movies were going to look like in the years to come. And, you know, it comes from it comes from an era that really only ended relatively recently when you could use visual effects all by themselves to sell a movie like the the, the visual yeah. effects in a movie could be an event. You, you mean know, like, like 2001 with 2001 with this with Jurassic Park like there's there Blade are with, with Avatar Blade Runner. Yeah, there are certain movies where it's like the effects all by themselves are like the reason to see the movie. They tried it with um, Star Trek the motion picture. Yeah, to an extent, yeah. And I mean and I mean honestly, the special effects in Star Trek the Motion Picture are terrific. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, but but you watch Tron now and it looks it almost looks quaint compared That's Exactly the word I was going to use, quaint. Yeah, com- compared to what we routinely see in movies today. Mm-hmm. Um like even movies that you wouldn't expect to have special effects have, you know, more impressive special effects than what we see in Tron, but but it still looks good. Uh, just in a different way and from a different perspective. Like watching it now, it, it when I was watching it for this, it reminded me of like a movie serial from the 1940s. You know, mm-hmm. like b- the layers of these effects shots with the actors. The actors are all shot in black and white for the Tron world stuff. And then they add like the neon lights on top. And then there are animated backgrounds that they layer in behind them. and And it all comes together to create this aesthetic that is still to this day totally unique. I don't think before or since there has been another movie that looks or feels quite like Tron. No, there isn't. Um, it, it reminds me of, of of like old Flash Gordon serials. It also reminds me at times of Metropolis. Um, it reminds me a little bit of The Wizard of Oz. It's mm. it's not and it's not nearly as good as Metropolis or The Wizard of Oz, and and it's not even as good as some of those old movie serials I've seen, to be honest. <laughs> but but it evokes a look and a feel that is totally unique and is is truly fascinating. Um, you said visually arresting, absolutely. It's it's incredible to look at. Um, the camera is extremely immobile most of the time, and that is noticeable. Uh, the story itself, when you strip away all of the computer-related jargon, is very simple and straightforward, which I, I actually appreciate. Um, when you can when you cut through sort of the the computer stuff, like it's oh, this is a really simple story, um, which I don't think is a, a point against it necessarily. Uh, I don't really care about anything that happens at any point. Like I'm not invested in the fates of these characters or this computer mm-hmm. system or this country. They invested uh, in the wrong characters. Yeah, well, it's just yeah. I mean, I, like surely you don't expect me to care whether or not Flynn gets credit for his video games. Like, That's one of the, that's one of the problems is that yeah. Flynn, Allen, well Flynn and Allen, I mean, let's face facts, Laura and and you she doesn't have any. She's there. No, she's just kind of there, yeah. Yeah. 
um, but they spend more time explaining their wants and needs than we do really with Tron or anyone else that lives in Tron other than we're good guys and they're bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... And I'm not really invested in the fates of the characters or the story. Uh, the dialogue is awful. Um, the, I think the, the actors do the best they can, particularly Jeff Bridges and David Warner, who are, mm-hmm. who are kind of doing the same thing that the actors in the Star Wars prequels had to do 20 years later, where they have to say these absolutely ridiculous lines that no human being would ever say and say them with as much conviction as they can manage, as though it means anything. And they, well, and they do a good... stunning job because I believe that this character is a prick from the first he time does, we yeah, to the he, end. He does such a good job, and especially as Sark, you know, when yeah. he when he has to make these threats that are like full of computer jargon, you know, and, and mostly made up computer jargon, you know, and he may, and he he pulls it off. You saw, you believe that he's like a threatening villainous guy, even mm-hmm. though if you break it down, like what he's saying is utter nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate the effort that everyone put in. I appreciate the technical accomplishment of the film. I appreciate the look. I really appreciate that it's only an hour and a half long. Um, if this movie were made today, it'd be two and a half hours and it'd be fucking interminable. The the, the sequel is actually the, the Tron Legacy movie that came out 10 years ago that we mentioned earlier is, I, I haven't seen it, but I know that it's half an hour longer than this. Uh, yeah. I, I can't help but assume that that is too long <laughs> because two, <laughs> two hours would have been too, uh, 90 minutes for this is just about right. Two hours for this movie would be way too long. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if if you haven't seen it and you're a movie person and or you're like a special effects buff, I think you should watch it at least once because it mm-hmm. is still referenced all the time and it has become influential in many ways. Um, in more ways than you can imagine. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's inspired directors and animators and and it's you know it's referenced all the time it it was definitely it was definitely a watershed project in terms of the development of special effects because a lot of the things that they did in this movie they had to figure out how to do them um Mm -hmm. so i mean it it was a a great leap forward in terms of visual effects in movies for sure so i mean i would for all of those reasons i would say if you've never seen it at least watch it once but i can't recommend it on its own merit as a film uh uh, I mean, the it, there, in terms of story and character and all of the things that generally make me actually care about a movie, uh, it's just not there. So um, for all of the aspects of it that I do genuinely admire, um, it's just not a good movie overall. So, yeah, looks great. That's it. <laughs> there you Can go. My, t- my turn? Your turn. When I watch Tron, I always wind up doing I Wish It Was This. Yeah. Right? When we go from the real world and we go into the video game and then we go into the computer world, I wish we had gone into the computer world and stayed there. That way their focus can be on the characters that we're supposed to be following through to the end of the movie. I don't need any of the human stuff. Yeah. Right? I really don't. I don't give a shit about Flynn or Alan or any of the Derman Strong that we have to go through before we wind up in the computer world, which is where we should have been from the from the beginning. That's 
all the setup we needed was we go into the computer world where this guy's playing a video game then we see the version of it in tron as these people are playing and then we're in the world of tron and we just move forward from there and then we just follow these computerized characters now maybe they thought oh well no one will want to follow these characters and then my point would be well then why are you making the movie because we spend the majority of our time with these characters right <laughs> Um, I think it would have been a stronger film had they just, just done that conceit and then when all the towers open up, we pan out, we pan out, we pan out of a video game, we pan out to the skyline, the end, right? Right. I don't think we would have missed anything. We didn't. No one actually sits down and does the exposition. Well, you see, there's the computer world, and then there's our world. No one does that, right? No. We are to infer that that is what's going on. Well, if that's all we need to get into the world of Tron, cut out all of this other horse shit and have us just follow three programs, you know, establish what the world is like. There's... A, there's not enough world building when we're in the world of Tron for us to completely get the world of Tron. Right, right. right. What are these things fucking doing their downtime? I don't know. Do they have houses, homes? Do they have a, does Tron have an apartment that he needs to? <laughs> right. What up? does he do? Like, yeah. I keep meaning to clear that fucking old water, energy water out of the refrigerator. It's probably gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse do- than expired electricity. How do programs meet each other? How did he ever meet Yori? I mean, if we had established Yori earlier, she wouldn't be such a blank slate floor mat through the entire movie. Yeah. But we don't get that. Instead, we get these really great visuals that no one has replicated, right? And for me, that's enough for me to recommend the film. Go watch it to see the aesthetic. Go watch it to see, yes, this is the earliest version that had computer graphics in a movie. And this is kind of like a starting point. John Lasseter said that if Tron had never been made, there would never have been a Toy Story. Yeah. Because that showed him, hey, you can do stuff with computers. And that started him along on his path and a lot of other people along their path to creating CGI, whether you hate CGI or love it. This is kind of where it started. Now, there's only about 23 minutes of CGI in this movie. The rest of it is standard animation. Mm -hmm. I don't care. The design is great. It looks fantastic. It is unique. The characters, but the characters are weak. The story is simple but weak. It seems to take forever to get to the MCP. And this is only an hour and a half movie. If you could strip away the human content that we don't care about and then invest in the characters that we follow, this would be probably be a much stronger movie, and it wouldn't matter if they're programs. We'll buy it. We'll, we'll get it. I've always said, so long as you invest in the characters, it doesn't matter who the characters are, right? If this is a movie about penguins... I mean, we've had movies about penguins. I'm not a penguin. <laughs> But I can invest in what happens to the fucking penguin. Neither am I a plastic toy in a child's room. But I can become invested in those characters. This is just, this is kind of like, you know, their programs and they're alive inside of the computer. And this is what their lives are like. And here's a great big adventure. Awesome. And this movie is so unique visually that, of course, everyone now knows about it. Didn't like Tron Legacy because I think it took itself way too seriously. This movie needed to invest in its character and loosen up a little bit, right? It needed to be a little bit more goofy. Just a little bit. But I'm not going to not recommend it for those reasons. I think if you've never seen it, watch it. Watch it for history's sake. Watch it for the visuals. See if you can find another movie that looks like it more than likely. If you can, it came out after Tron did so that they're borrowing from this. 
Uh, you know, unfortunately, it is not a great narrative movie, but it is a touch point in film. And so we have to, I think that's one of the reasons why it has stuck for so long. Some people really love Tron, and that's great. And I can see people really get invested in Tron because there's so much of their world that's never explained. Mm, yeah. There's room for your imagination because there's just a whole bunch of stuff that we don't know anything about. So I'm going to recommend, Steve. I let the visuals overpower the narrative. Kind of like 2001. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Look, at least it wasn't a boring spin around the USS Enterprise. <laughs> or the 90 minutes that we spent crawling over V'ger's ship. Yeah, right? that movie could have used a trim. <laughs> this movie is going someplace. At least they didn't seem to be so in love with their computer graphics that they spent way too much time on them. That right? is now see that is a really good point. And that that's where I think the the relatively brief running time is is a point in its favor. And I think maybe mm-hmm. part of it is also that because the special effects were so difficult and expensive to do, they you know they they probably couldn't have done like a 2 or 2 and a half hour movie. Um, no. but yeah, no. like well like I said nowadays this would be 2 and a half hours and it would be in terms of this, the it I mean and it would really it would be up its own ass with like look how mm-hmm. great this is, look how awesome this is, look how great this looks. And you're right, mm-hmm. Tron doesn't really have you don't really get that sense that they're showing off. No. Yeah. All they needed to do was to take the time that we waste in the real world and apply that to the characters that we're supposed to be following in the film. And I think it would have had a stronger narrative and maybe give some people some some arcs. It's like make Flynn the character that actually doesn't believe in the users, right? Yeah. And then sacrifices himself at the end of the movie so that they can be, get in contact with him. Do something along those lines. Having uh, making sure that a human from our world goes into the computer world is one of those things like, well, he'll wander around and he'll be able to, well, we'll see things from his point of view. We really don't because he doesn't comment on it a whole lot, right? He doesn't seem to, one, he doesn't believe it. When he starts to believe it, like when Bram dies, um, we're not sure where his change of heart has been. I mean... We really don't know whole, a whole lot about Flynn. What's important to him other than I want my money? That's all. <laughs> that's exactly. That's his motivation. I want that's my fucking motivation. video game I money. Want my money. <laughs> I can't even tell you what Alan wants other than being able to run his Tron program. He just wa- yeah. Gives- he just wants him to use his program, man. That's all. And I mean, I kind of get it. They're trying to highlight the differences between our world where they have these petty wants and the life and death situations that are going on inside of your computer when you're trying to do these things. Right. You know, but that's it. I'm going to recommend. Steve does not recommend. He hates it. I think it's garbage. Steve recommends something. I am going to recommend. So actually, the movie I'm going to recommend is a movie that kind of does what you were saying you hoped that or wished that Tron would have done, which is it takes a, I mean, it's not about somebody getting sucked into a computer, but it takes a broadly similar premise Uh and executes it with, I think, more of a sense of fun and silliness uh, than Tron does. So the movie I'm going to recommend is uh, from 1987, and uh, it's uh, directed by Joe Dante. So you know it's going to be a little wacky and fun. Um, and it's okay. and it stars. Oh Den- no! It stars Dennis Quaid. Oh wait, okay, and, I know which and, one. And Martin Short. 
Uh-huh. And it's called Inner Space. And Yay. this was a movie that was, it's one of those movies kind of like, uh, I said. I think I said this when we did our, our show about Big Trouble in Little China. It was similar as well, where it's a movie I discovered when I was a little kid. And it was just, it seemed like they were always showing it on TV on the weekends. Well, yeah, they, like, they got it cheap. It was like a Saturday, it was, it was like a, a Saturday or Sunday afternoon movie on like the independent TV channel. It was like they were always showing this movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I found it that way. And it's a, it's about a, uh, a, a a former U.S. Navy aviator played by Dennis Quaid who gets involved with this experiment that uh, is going to uh, miniaturize somebody in like a little submarine type thing. And inje- you're going to shoot him up a rabbit's ass. And eject him into an animal. Yeah, the idea is they're going to miniaturize him in his little ship and shoot him into a rabbit so he can explore the inside of the rabbit's body. But like then we've always wanted to do since the birth of science. Everybody has dreamed of being a little tiny thing inside a rabbit for as Isaac long as we... Newton was trying to create lenses so that he can look deep inside of a rabbit's yeah. body. I think the first time we, the first time a human being looked at a rabbit, he thought, I got to shrink myself and get inside that. And now, finally, this dream has come true in this film. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, you know, but, but before that can happen, there's some corporate espionage stuff. And instead of getting injected into the rabbit, Dennis Quaid, he, Dennis Quaid gets shrunk down into his little ship. But instead of getting injected into the rabbit, he gets injected into Martin Short, who is a high-strung employee at a supermarket. And, whack, yeah. and hijinks ensue. And um, hijinks ensues, and Robert Picardo from yeah, from that's Voyager's right. in it, and it's racist, and it's not funny anymore. Oh, yeah, maybe he plays an Iranian guy who likes Texas stuff. He is. He's he's a cowboy, but he's not a from the he's not from the old west. He's from the Middle East. Yeah, so that's not great. But where Robert Picardo is not from. Robert Picardo is not from the Middle East. That is true. That is very true. That is true. <laughs> Uh, but you know, but it does. It has it has a good cast. Uh, Dennis Quaid, it's his Martin best Short. performance since Gremlins Two. Robert Picardo. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. It also has uh, Henry Gibson and uh, uh-huh. William Shallert and Wendy Shaw, who is also someone who guest starred on an episode of MacGyver. By the way, I just want to mm-hmm. throw that out there. Um, and uh, uh-huh. Dick, Dick Miller, and you know, it's just it's got a great cast, and it's a fun movie. And it's a, like I said, he doesn't get shrunk and thrown into a computer; he gets shrunk and thrown into another living body. But it's this, it's a, a similar sort of thing, and it's also, I mean, obviously, one of the big inspirations for it was the Fantastic Voyage and it's um, very similar to that so it's just it's a fun movie that uh, I watched a lot when I was a kid flipping through the channels on Saturday and Sunday afternoons and that's the movie Good I'm recommending you. is Inner Space so there you go well as you guys know I like to not recommend a film from the same year the, uh, the movie that we just reviewed and it's 1982 and the movie that I'm not going to recommend is a movie called F- Forbidden World because someone said well what if we just did Forbidden Planet but changed to Forbidden World? <laughs> it's different. It's different, except this is R-rated, and it's, and it's produced by Roger Corman, and basically it's aliens with fucking and tits. That's it. Oh, cool. That's all you need to know. It's alien with fucking and tits. I don't know. There's some mutant creature who kills a bunch of people in space. The end. Oh, yeah, fucking and tits. That's it. You don't need to see it. It's not so bad. It's funny. It's just bad. Don't see it. Forbidden world. Don't see it. 
Okay. So, you so, can let, me, so let, let me, I just, want to, I just want to clarify. This is your not recommendation. This is a not recommendation. Okay. Don't, Don't see it. Alien with fucking and tits. That could have okay. been the name of the movie. <laughs> they should have just called it that. It would have made a lot more money, I think. The poster is of some kind of monster like coming up on some woman lying prone that's half naked. I mean, I guess they knew what it was, but that still doesn't make it entertaining. <laughs> and guys, you can see plenty of other good movies that have fucking and tits in it. Or just watch a movie that's nothing but fucking and tits. It's they have porn. They have those. Yeah, they have those. So don't. Okay, Steve, now it's time for you to make a terrible choice. For those that don't know, Steve has to make a terrible choice from three anonymous movies that he gets to choose from. And I make him do it because I'm mean. And I like making making Steve feel like it's his fault for choosing the wrong film. Even even when I unknowingly choose a bad movie, he still makes me feel bad. That's right. And this time around, he has to choose between three movies that share a trope that we've talked about a lot. But we really, I mean, there's been a couple of movies that had it but this time he's got to choose one of these that where the movie's known for it well Ooh. except for one of them which the movie isn't known for it but i'm forcing it into this trope category because i'm a bastard <laughs> oh boy i so, hope i picked that one steve <laughs> steve a yes. b or c pick the movie or we're gonna watch uh i'm gonna say c you chose the the one that I forced in. Oh, I did. Oh, fuck. You uh, well, chose the movie that I well, forced in. Well, I'm glad because that's the most interesting choice. Is it? Because I had to force it. Okay. Sure. Sure. So the trope was White Savior. Oh, boy. Trope. Had you chosen A, we would have watched Dances with Wolves. Oh, I'm glad I didn't choose A. Had you chosen B, we would have watched The Last Samurai. Um, well, it's okay. Uh. But you you chose C. Yes. An Academy Award-winning film. Oh boy. And one of the reasons why I don't give a shit about the Academy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> the movie that we're going to watch is the Mel Gibson directed oh, and God. starring Braveheart. Oh, I should have said A. Now, some of you guys are like, wait, Jason, wait, wait, wait a minute, Jason, wait. How is this the white savior trope? He, Braveheart is about a Scottish guy helping Scottish people. They're all they're all white. And I, my answer to that is, I don't know, but somehow he managed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great answer. I don't, it's not technically, I was looking for one, and then I saw Braveheart, and I said, yeah, that's a white savior. And I said, wait a minute, why am I thinking that Braveheart is a white savior trope when everybody in it is white? And I'm like, well, it kind of still fits. Yeah, because it feels like it should be, doesn't it? <laughs> It does. Maybe it's because he's Australian pretending to be a Scottish person. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Like, I don't know. There's no Scottish actors who could have played this. You couldn't but have just I didn't directed the fucking thing. I ever watch Braveheart again, ever. I think I'm going to get Angus. He's going to sit in on this. Oh, boy. Oh, this will be fun. I'll get my nice Scottish friend Agnes, Angus yeah, and to sit he, on this he can and eat tell him. us how everything is wrong. <laughs> Egan, get drunk and eat a king rib meal and just uh, <laughs> tell us all about how much Braveheart sucks. So that's it. If you guys want to get all the jokes, you don't have to watch it. I'm telling you to, but you don't have to. It's not a command. You don't have to watch Braveheart again, but if you really want to, please, because we have to now. Yeah. We have to. Anyway, that's it. We're done. We're done. Goodbye, Tron.
You're going to be wishing we watched Tron again instead of fucking Braveheart. I bet I am. <laughs> anyway, that's 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 it. We're done. Thank you guys for listening once again for Late Seating. This has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. It's time I leveled with you. I'm what you guys call a user. You sure are. And using me ever since we started this goddamn show, Mr. Popular. That's right. Everyone loves Steve. Jason's mean to him. Whatever. Do they not listen to the show? I don't know. <laughs> I get mine back on that's, the ensign. I get mine back on the ensign's log. That's <laughs> when I'm quote in character, unquote. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. When you're quote unquote, when we're making fun of you in character. Sure, maybe I shouldn't call you a, a user. I'm a there should u- be an L in there <laughs> A user and a boozer and a loser. <laughs> no, I love you. You know that. I know. I know. You use me and I use you. It's a mutual... You know, it, it, friendship. It, yeah, it's it's fr- exactly mutual using. That's friendship. That's right. Yeah. We use each other for warmth and friendship stuff yeah We'd go crazy if we hadn't found each other exactly you know we would have killed scores of people by now oh yeah definitely i'd come out of a movie angry and there's no one <laughs> just no one around to just, just start fucking talk to <laughs> just start randomly punching and strangling people it starts with the usher who's come out with his little his little dust broom sir the movie's over and then it just goes it's it's red it's the red hour from that point forward don't look at me (laughs) do you know what you do (laughs) just like grabbing him by the neck and violently shaking him (laughs) how can you do this to people you you took my money (laughs) I, i worked for that money Children could have watched this. <laughs> what if I brought my family to this? Don't you know what you've done? We all know about you, Mr. Shives. You have no family and you hate children. Shut up. It's a bit. Just go with it. Address your real anger instead of putting it out <laughs> on me. Fuck you, Usher. You don't you know me. You chose the path of loneliness. <laughs> I will gladly die knowing I am in the right. <laughs> Kind of a mouthy usher. What are you? He has a lot to say before you strangle him. What are you, 15? Where are you getting this (laughs) shit from? Get the. (laughs) My generation is more woke than yours. Shut the fuck up! (laughs) (laughs) He's been dead for 10 minutes. That's that's in your head. I'm like like hallucinating all of these really, like, like, wow, I have a guiltier conscience than I thought. Yeah, you're like, you've become Polka Dot Man in the Suicide Squad. (laughs) Everything looks like my mom. <laughs> if, I, if I picture them as my mom, it's easier. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, that's it. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash lemmelisten. And... Thanks for listening.